Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8th, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Squarespace. Make it, dream it, love it, do it. Do you guys have a creative idea? <laughs> do you want it to succeed? Then use Squarespace's beautiful products to help people make it happen. Can I publish content? You can turn your cool idea into a new website. You can publish content, sell products, sell services, promote your business like crooked.com, announce an upcoming project like your food pyramid <laughs> scheme, whatever it is. Scheme? That's anyway, what are we letting that we're just gonna now we're just gonna absorb the John pronunciation? Anyway, I say a scheme all the time. You I want to showcase your I've work. Never said scheme. You can make it with Squarespace. <laughs> they empower millions of people, guys. <laughs> We've used Squarespace to do a, f- a couple of microsites on right? crooked.com. For like the portrait contest. To local artisans, to entrepreneurs, <laughs> making iconic <laughs> businesses. The most iconic, what? very unique businesses money can create. <laughs> They share their stories. They create an impactful, stylish, easy-to-manage online presence. Squarespace strives for excellence with beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online and analytics to help you grow. They have award-winning customer service. What awards do you think the customer service won? Four, seven. Specifically. They got the, uh, they got the, um, that, uh, the big one. (laughs) The Webby? Check the, out squarespace.com slash consumies convos <laughs> squarespace.com slash convos for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code convos to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or a domain. Destiny is calling. Love it. What's Are you going to answer that call? What's it say? A dream is just a website you haven't put on Squarespace. Love yet. it. Set in destiny to voicemail because it said you need a new website. Make it with Squarespace. Everybody, this is Crooked Contributor, Simone D. Sanders, your spokesperson for the culture. And today, we're going to talk about digital. And I am bringing my friend, one of my bosses, the man that signs one of my checks, but also someone that has been at the forefront of a lot of the shakeups that are happening uh, on the left of some of the establishment groups. Guy Cecil, the chairman of Priorities USA. Uh, I think uh, with the news about Facebook and uh, Cambridge Analytica and the Russian bots or the lack of Russian bots, folks have been asking, how can we get better on digital on the left? What can and should Democrats be doing? And I think it's very telling that the largest super PAC in the history of super PACs, um, seemingly to the outside public, but we'll talk about this today, woke up one morning and said, hey, we're, we need to do digital better. And we are going to make the decision to invest in that. And we're going to see if uh, we can get other people to do that, too. So Guy Cecil is going to be here with us today. We're going to talk digital. We're going to talk why digital now. We're going to talk what is digital. He's going to explain what Priorities USA is uh, because I know some of y'all don't know. Uh, And then we're going to get into uh, kind of why now. Uh, What are some things that Democrats and progressives and folks on the left can be doing uh, so that we can win better races and, and talk more authentically and just frankly and plainly to voters? online. So Guy Cecil is joining us today. Stay tuned. Again, this is Crooked Contributor Simone Sanders, and you are listening to Crooked Conversations. 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 Crooked Conversations
here today with Guy Cecil. I love Guy Cecil. We're going to have a very interesting conversation. Guy Cecil is the chairman of Priorities USA, and we're going to talk about digital today. But first, before we talk about digital, Guy, what the hell is Priorities USA? <laughs> well, you work there, so maybe you should be able to... <laughs> for the people, for the yeah, people. Yeah, for the people. Priorities actually started as a PAC that supported Barack Obama in 2012 when he was running for re-election in 2016, it supported Hillary Clinton in her bid for the presidency. And then after that, we decided to take a step back <laughs> and take a larger look. something happened in 2016. Something happened in 2016. I think we all try to forget it, but it did. And try to take a look at what, one, what actually happened. But two, not just think about one presidential election, but where have Democrats and progressives been dropping the ball more holistically? And really, there were two areas that we thought were really critical to address. One, clearly there were challenges in terms of polling and data and how Mm -hmm. we were thinking about those things. And so we wanted to address that. And two, more specifically, is we we needed to take a look at how we were talking to voters, that for a party that relies on younger voters and people of color – Um, Our party has been woefully behind the curve when it comes to talking to people online, whether that's buying ads, whether that's uh, thinking about social media, whether it's moving viral video, all all of the things that we think about when somebody turns on their phone, when they're sitting in their car, sitting in the back of the cab, on their way to work. Mm. How are we talking to those people? So digital. Digital. That's That's right. Wow. So this seems like a big shift for um, a super PAC, not even just any super PAC, the largest super PAC in history, if I could do the horn for a second. <laughs> um, but it seems like a really big shift for a, su- for a super PAC on the Democratic side to say, hey, we need to pay attention to digital. So, so what does that mean? Does that mean that um, it, it, you all are like we're not putting money on television anymore? Um, and then when we say we're doing a focus on digital like, is that due to the new climate, the fact that, you know, uh, Trump has just named his former digital director as the campaign manager for his reelection campaign? So, one, I think it's important to think about priorities as not just a super PAC in the traditional sense. Mm. We are not uh, just an organization that chooses one candidate and puts up ads for that one candidate. Rather, we're thinking about ourselves more broadly. How can we build and support an infrastructure that elects Democrats up and down the ticket from state legislator to Congress? In fact, today we just announced that we're investing $12 million in a partnership with House Majority PAC to focus on House races, uh, to Senate races, to eventually the presidential race. So one We're not just a super PAC focused on one candidate, Mm -hmm. that we're an organization that's seeking to lift the boat to affect all races because we know Democrats have had challenges (laughs) uh, up and down the ticket. And that's why, you know, you look at our work so far this year, we were um, deeply involved in state Senate special elections in Florida. We were involved in the governor's race in Virginia, the Senate race in Alabama Mm -hmm. against Roy Moore. So we're thinking more broadly than just how a traditional super PAC works. Second... Our focus on digital is not a recognition that other things don't work. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to need television. We're going to need strong ground operations, good door knocking operations, good voter registration operations. Our focus on digital is a recognition that in this area, Democrats have screwed up, mm-hmm. that we have not been investing the resources, the human resources, the, the money, the attention to this area. And it wasn't just about – let's be clear. It's not just about Hillary Clinton. 
Absolutely. This has been happening in House races, Senate races, state ledge races, governor's races, issue advocacy campaigns. We have been ignoring this area of effort, which is particularly galling when you think about the people that we should be talking to on Absolutely. a regular basis. So our focus on this is a recognition that we need to do more in this area not that other areas don't work. And I mean, you know, look, Democrats have been outspent, what was it, like four to one or five to one when it comes. On a good day. On a good day when it comes to digital. So do you think that other folks on the left are realizing the importance of investing in digital um, first and not necessarily as an afterthought? And if so, what are some of the shifts and trends that you're seeing on our side of the Some. <laughs> I mean, one of the most frustrating conversations that I have, this isn't just with organizations but with donors and with with leaders, is spending about 15 minutes listening to legitimate complaints mm-hmm. about Russian interference online and about what Facebook needs to do and how Instagram needs to address this and Twitter is a cesspool <laughs> and, you know, Comey and all of these other things. And by the way, they're all legitimate. Russia interfered in the right. election. We saw, I think today, Facebook pulled down another you know, set of hundreds of Facebook Kremlin pages. Kremlin bot right. accounts. So, yes. so it's not to say that those things aren't legitimate. But then when you say, well, let's also focus on what we need to be doing, what you hear is, well, I'm not sure digital works. Well, mm. everybody else has figured that out. Corporate, corporate America has figured it out. Absolutely. Nonprofits have figured it out. The Republicans have figured it out. Um so what are we doing wrong? So I think there are a lot of organizations that have made that change. You know, Planned Parenthood has done an excellent job in this area. Emily's List has focused on this area. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen Senate Majority Pack. Every time they go up on the air in television, they're up online. And we're working actually with SMP in – they're the super PAC focused on Senate races. We're working with them in Missouri right now, Indiana right now, Wisconsin. So I do see a shift happening, but it needs to happen in a more robust way, <laughs> to be kind, and it needs to happen quicker. And I think our role in all of this is not just, hey, priorities needs to do a good job advertising, but what can we do to change the infrastructure? And we've had some good allies like Planned Parenthood and Senate Majority Pack, Next Gen, the work that Tom Steyer is doing, particularly focused on young people in critical races around the country. So there is a change happening. We just need it to happen a little bit faster. Just a little bit quicker. A little bit faster. Guys. Crooked Conversations is brought to you by Burrow. What? What's Burrow? Think about it. Think about it. Okay, All I'm thinking. of our modern luxury items come in boxes. Your mattress, your clothes, your eyeglasses. Now, luxury couches come in boxes too. What? No what? more you're lifting. Couches? Or dinging your walls coming. while moving in. Have you ever done that? You ever put a corner of a couch through a wall? Always. I certainly have. <laughs> Every Burrow day. brings style and comfort to a whole new level and ships your door fast and free. The couch experience has been re- Couch in a box? I want to know more about this. Okay, here's the deal. It's all the same quality you expect from high-end retailers without breaking the bank. All Burrow furniture is shipped fast, and the shipping is free. Setup is super easy, as is moving it again. Customize your Burrow sofa to fit your personality (laughs) by selecting the color, size, and armrest height that's perfect for you. Who was talking about needing a couch the other day? Peter Hamby needs a couch. Tanya needs a couch. Tanya does too. It's engineered to be super comfortable. Burrow assembles and disassembles in just minutes with no tools required. And when it comes time to move, they give you one less thing to worry about. They're nice. It's adaptable. So if your space changes, their modular design allows it to move and grow with you. Maybe we should do this for the new office. 
Yeah. A stain-resistant fabric that can take on your pet's claws and a built-in USB charger. Holy shit. What? Burrow, now we're plugging in what? our phones? Now I got a, now I got a really smart cool. couch. I'm sitting here on a dumb couch like an asshole. <laughs> Enjoy 30 days of cozy in your burrow, risk-free. 30 days of cozy. Or try out Come burrow on, at one burrow. of their showrooms we, You today. had us on the hook. Go customize your own burrow and get 75 bucks off your order by going to burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash crooked convos. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash crooked convos. Tommy. For 75 bucks Tommy. off your purchase. Tommy. 30 days of cozy. Tommy. Yo. Neither a burrow nor a borrower burrow. Oh, leave that <laughs> leave in. That in. <laughs> leave burrow in makes so Neither a burrow nor a lender be. <laughs> Unless you get a burrow couch. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. Miracle Grow is simply the best. So, so let's talk about uh, some of the folks that are doing the good work, Planned Parenthood, Next Gen priorities. Um, when folk, when we say digital, I think people think we're talking just about Facebook ads right. and tweets. Right. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. And so, what are some of the? I mean, look in Alabama priorities. Um, we put 1.5 million dollars into Alabama, and a, a large chunk of that 1.5 million went towards a digital program. Sure. So. Talk to me about what are some of the actual things that are happening. So think about this in sort of three ways. Number one, we need to figure out who we should be talking to online. Facts. Which means having uh, the the data and the polling and the research necessary and making sure that it is accurate and investing in it in the same way we invest in research when we put up a television ad for mm-hmm. a week or when we decide what our mail piece is going to look like. So one is who are we talking to and what platform do we reach them on? Number two – Advertising is a part of it. We're going to advertise. Um, but it's also about how do we build communities online so that people can talk to one another, they can engage with us in a meaningful way, and they can take action. Mm-hmm. That action may be register someone to vote. The action may be taking a friend to an early vote location. The action may be volunteering. It may be giving five bucks. Whatever the action is, but how do we engage them in a real way so that they feel part of our effort? And the third piece It's great if you have good targeting. Mm -hmm. It's great if you have a little bit of money to put up some ads or to build a Facebook page. But if you are not developing content and creative content that is actually connecting with people, then then all the rest doesn't matter. And so part of our work is building out a creative team, a diverse creative team. Say that, that one more a time. Diverse a diverse creative team. Creative team. Because a lot of times you look around. I mean, you look around for people to do digital, and uh, it's white. It's white. It is. It's real white. Sometimes um, very male. Uh, yes. You go into the priorities creative team. Forty-five um, percent of our creative team are people of color. They have cultural competencies in not just talking to people in Milwaukee, but people in North Dakota, mm-hmm. in Miami in Iowa. And that's important, right? We want them to be creative, but we also want to be connected to the communities we are talking to. And so all three of those things are necessary in order for us to be successful. I think the other misnomer is that super PACs are just negative. We're just going <laughs> to, and, and by the way, there are times where mm-hmm. we are going to call 
Donald Trump what he is. Racist. White supremacist. Homophobic. Misogynist. Islamophobic. I can think of some other words, but and I, I know Favreau likes Robin, to- Robin, the working class Likes to people. drop the F-bomb a lot of time, but <laughs> as a former minister, I try to be a little more restrained. But, Come on, Bishop. But all of those accurate <laughs> words uh, about Donald Trump, we're going to say so. We're not going to shy away from that, but I think we're at a different time right now mm-hmm. in terms of what Democrats need to also be doing, which is at a time where people are uneasy, at a time where people are anxious about what's going on around them, not just- Democrats, but the country at large, mm-hmm. having advertising that is rooted in some sort of vision for the future is critical. You look at Alabama, 70% of our advertising in Alabama was positive. At a time, we were running against a pedophile. It makes a difference. So it's not like we didn't have material to work so, with. But why is that? You know, I think a lot of times uh, folks get bogged down in the conversation on the left, um, particularly about how, yes, we have to hold Donald Trump accountable and we need to paint him as the monster that he yep. is. Um, but why do you think, and I mean, it's not just priority. So many other groups um, have also taken the lead on this. But why is it important to uh, step forward with positive messaging, particularly when we're talking about Digital advertising. Well, first of all, with with likely Democratic voters, either voters that we are trying to get out for the first time or for the first time in a long time, mm-hmm. they they already dislike Donald Trump, right? Facts. There, there there wasn't a lot we were going to tell an African American voter in Alabama that was going to make them dislike Donald Trump any more than they already <laughs> did. And I think part of our challenge is we we obviously need to hold him accountable. So it's not walking away from that. I spend a lot of time talking about Donald Trump, unfortunately, in my life, more than I care to. Mm-hmm. But it's also about what are, what are we doing? What are we doing to encourage people? Because we have two challenges, okay? Our first challenge is we need to get people to vote for us. But before we get to that phase, we need to convince people to vote. That, that voting inherently is about claiming power. Absolutely. That rebuilding communities, by the way, a re- rebuilding a community in an urban area, rebuilding community in a rural area, that that begins with the vote. And how do we do that? If we're just telling people the system is broken and everything is terrible and look, Donald Trump is the president over and over and over and over again, we actually may be having an adverse impact. So how do we inspire people to mm-hmm. claim the power they inherently have by voting? And I think focusing on that a little bit more and not just focusing on the two candidates, mm-hmm. actually is one way that Democrats and progressives need to do a better job to get people to be inspired. Um, we, we know they dislike them. On, 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 in terms of vote, you know, one of, the, one of the big fake controversies, I won't say fake news, <laughs> one of the fake controversies I believe, or one of the controversies that shouldn't be, is this controversy about should we only be talking to the Democratic base or we should be talking to persuadable voters. Mm-hmm. I think this is a ridiculous debate. I agree. We should be doing both. Absolutely. There, There is lots of, of data that suggests that there are a lot of voters out there who would be with us if we would talk to them, mm-hmm. right? Talk to the new congressman from Pennsylvania. Talk to the new senator from, um, from Alabama. Talk to the first Latina elected in Florida to the state Senate. Talk to the race that we just won yesterday. Talk to a lot of people who have felt disengaged from this process. And one of the big mistakes of 2016 was a leaving, just not talking to those voters. We, we literally left votes we on the We did not knock on their doors. Mm-hmm. We did not call their houses. We did not send them a piece of mail. And when I say we, I mean the global we. Mm-hmm. That's a huge, huge mistake. We need to contest 
in those places. We know. I mean, let me give you one example. You just look at the issue of trust mm-hmm. about whether or not voters say they trust Donald Trump. A year ago, only 15 percent more Americans said they distrusted Donald Trump than trusted. Today, the number is 30. Mm. Right. All of the things he's doing are accruing to his detriment with the people that we want to come out and vote for us. And so my measurement for 2018 is not are we going to win in some places? My God, if we can't win in some places <laughs> mm-hmm. in 2018, we should retire. OK, <laughs> need pick up our balls. And the go question home. is, are we maximizing our wins in every possible place we can? Every place we can. Regardless of whether we've won there before, are we doing everything we can to win in as many places as we mm-hmm. can by as much as we can to build a movement going forward? And I think that requires us to be engaged digitally. It requires us to be engaged at the doors and on television in a way that we haven't before, both creatively and in terms of how we're buying these ads. Mm, absolutely. So so this begs the question. Does this mean that uh, you're suggesting that groups on the left should do what Cambridge Analytica did or didn't do, for lack of a better term? Uh, I think Cambridge Analytica was mostly full of shit. Mm, well, there you um, go. You know, they, they were – look, it's very interesting watching this dynamic happen, right? <laughs> we all remember that – well, I don't know if everybody remembers, but there was this amazing story with Jared Kushner on the cover, how he won the election for Donald Trump because of the Cambridge Analytica and all this stuff. And now all of a sudden everybody woke up and was like, oh, well, uh, they weren't that good. You know, Jared's mm-hmm. out there now peddling a different story. Absolutely. Republicans are peddling a different story. Here's what, here's what we should do. We should run a creative, cutting-edge, well-targeted, thoughtful, aggressive program that has nothing to do with what Republicans did a year ago. Because a year from now, those tactics are going to be outdated Mm -hmm. in the way that us deploying tactics from Obama 2008 were outdated in 2016. Mm -hmm. So we need to pay less attention to everything the Republicans are doing. And we need to think about what are the things, what are the tactics we need to deploy for us to win. Here's what we're not going to do, I can be clear about. We're not going to use race Mm. and sexual orientation and religion to divide the country. We are not going to be engaging in fake news. Mm -hmm. We are not going to be selling people of bill of goods that is ultimately destructive. And we don't have to, by the way. We just have to tell the truth about Trump. We have to tell the truth about Scott Walker, Mm -hmm. about Rick Scott. We have to tell the truth about these people running for Congress who are now all trying to run away from Donald Trump when they're in their district but hug on him when they're in D.C. Mm -hmm. We just need to tell the truth. But we have to tell it. And we have to tell it in a way that people connect with. And that's where I think Democrats have been dropping the ball. Absolutely. And by the way, as someone who's been inv- – it's look, it's not like I'm new to the Democratic Party or I haven't been in part of some of the campaigns that have worked or some of the campaigns that haven't. Right, that's so not the question. So where did this shift co- – so I, th- I think that's important for folks to understand. And so you as someone who – look, you're the former – like this ain't your first rodeo. Like you've, you've ran campaigns. You have a field background. Uh, you were at the DSCC, the Democratic Senatorial yep. Campaign Committee, for uh, a long time when we were winning. Um, and now you're at priorities. And so where – why digital now? Well – For the same reason that we started calling cell phones when we were polling, (laughs) for the same reason that we started buying cable 10, 15 years ago. I mean, we need to change Mm. and evolve as the way people communicate changes and evolves. I don't think that any of this is rocket science. I just think we needed something to agitate the system. And by the way, I don't have all the answers. Um, You know, my job is to surround priorities with really smart people. (laughs) Who, You've done a good job. Who know, yeah, who know what they're doing um, 
and, and, and there are a lot of things we still don't know. And there, there are a lot of things, questions that we still have, right? I mean, one of the challenges for us is, you know, even though it seems very transparent, a lot of the stuff that happens online is very opaque mm-hmm. in the sense that we don't always know what the Republicans are doing. We can build strategies to figure it out and tactics to figure it out. But, you know, the disclosure laws and the policies of these companies makes it very difficult for us to know, in some cases, what are the Republicans saying about our side? How are they lying about us? Mm-hmm. So we still have things that we need to do to develop, to be better at in order for us to be successful. But I think the, the goal here is how do we set out to, to answer those questions? So that that's it. There's nothing miraculous or, or you know, um, overly interesting about this. It's that people are communicating differently. We need to communicate different. And so for us, look, I mean, t- uh, 2016 was horrible. So the idea that we would just come back in January mm-hmm. as if November had never happened would have been a sin. I mean, it would have been – I mean, I could never look a donor or anybody else in the eye and say, gosh, I mean – we're just going to do the same thing we did in 2016. We're just going to do a little bit different and a little bit better. I think I think we need it. We need fundamental change in the way we're communicating. We need it to happen with legacy democratic institutions like the DNC and the DSEC, and we need it to happen with these new institutions and new groups that are popping up as part of the resistance. Well. Guy Cecil, I believe you are a radical revolutionary when it comes to uh, uh, that's getting— how everyone, That's how everyone would describe me, radical revolutionary. <laughs> you are a radical uh-huh. revolutionary sure. when it comes to shaking <laughs> things up sometimes on the left, and we, in fact, appreciate you. Thanks for coming to hang out with us today and talk a little bit of digital. We're going to ask you. you to come back. I'm not going to ask you about people running for president right now because <laughs> we got to get through 2018. We yes. will ask you to come back. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you are listening to this podcast. This is Crooked Conversations, and I'm signing off. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.